Seeking Second Nation. Welcome back to another S3 episode, a Sing Second Short, here as we travel through the 2021-2022 bowl season. Yesterday, there was just one game. Uh, Coach Cromie uh, was on with us yesterday discussing the Missouri Army game. He took Army, and I took Missouri, and Army, as Army does, sang second. Uh, it was a close game, 24-22. A uh, nice little Google at the end to win it for Army. That brings my record to five and seven this bowl game. So yikes, college football expert here. Um, today, there are two bowl games. We have first, the Frisco Football Classic, the second Frisco bowl game. Um, the first one was the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. This one is the Frisco Football Classic. This weekend or in the coming days, we have uh, the, the FCS championship that takes place in Frisco too. So Frisco getting a lot of football love here in the late December, early January uh, schedule. The Frisco Football Classic is a 1.30 kickoff on ESPN if you're in the central time zone. Um, of the 12 matchups, I guess this would be number 13, eight of them have been no previous matchups, and this is one of those eight. Uh, North Texas comes in at six and six, uh, or comes in at six and six, and they've had 11 previous bowl games, but only a two and nine record. Um, but they did beat Texas San Antonio, the only team to beat Texas San Antonio up until San Diego State earlier in the week. Uh, their, their offense is, it looks to be very much run-oriented. Their uh, leading passer, uh, A-Yoon, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, A-U-N-E, an interesting last name, um, Ain or Yoon or A-Yoon, uh, had 1,700 passing yards. Uh, their leading rusher is Tory with 1,200, so uh, very much a run-oriented offense there. And they're taking on uh, Miami of Ohio. Uh, out of the MAC, they were also six and six this year. So yay, six and six matchups. Um, they have participated in twelve bowl games and have a seven and five record for a team out of the MAC. Miami shows up. Uh, they had a close loss a few years ago to Mississippi State. Uh, that kind of maybe showed what uh, December football can be like. And of course. Much like Missouri yesterday and the SEC this bowl season being 0-1, motivation's not there to take on a team out of the MAC, right? And so uh, they've got – they had a two-quarterback system, if you would, because one quarterback got hurt. Uh, Meyer has 900 passing yards on the season. Gabbert has 2,400 passing yards. So um, combine that together, you get kind of a traditional 3,000-yard mark passer. Um, their leading rusher is Mozzie. He only has 400 yards rushing, so a lot of thrown here. And they have one receiver who's who's leading the way with 1,300 receiving yards, and that's Sorensen. Um, I feel like he's been there a few years and has racked up quite the yardage uh, in his time at Miami, Miami of Ohio. And uh, just kind of looking at the overall standings, uh, Conference USA is three and four, and the MAC is 0 oh and four. So um, it's hard to pick a MAC team but I feel like I have to go with Miami of Ohio just for the fact of 
their offense is a little more explosive. Now, obviously, early in bowl season, I said defense is going to win this one out. Um, and then the offense would have explosion and score a bunch of points. And then later, I took the team with the two better offenses in Kent State and UTSA, and the defenses kind of shut them down. And so back coming back around to the offensive side, I feel like the offense here should be able to pick up uh, the victory in Miami, Ohio. Gets me back in the win column. The second game, we've got Big Brother versus Little Brother. Not in enrollment because one of these uh, teams is, has the highest enrollment, I believe, in the nation. Um, it's the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. Uh, it's a 5 p.m. kickoff kick on ESPN, and it pits Little Brother, Big 12, new member, Central Florida, uh, who comes in with a 12-bowl game record of 5-7. and seven. They're taking on Big Brother, the Florida Gators, who come in with a 46-bowl game participation and a 25-21 and 21 record. Florida does own the uh, head-to-head record of 2-0, and and this has some some big, big name or some big game potential simply because a few years ago, A.D. Dana White, not Dana White, um, she forgot his first name, but now that A.D. at Tennessee infamously did not want to do a one game at Orlando, two games uh, at Florida. Uh, schedule. He won the traditional home and home. Um, and so he turned down a few games against Florida um, when they're at their peak and when Florida was, was doing pretty well itself. UCF, eight and four out of the American. American up and down. Obviously, they have Cincinnati. Um, their leading passer, Keen, has 1,500 passing yards on the season. Um, the quarterback room has been banged up at UCF the last four or five years. And so uh, Keene took over halfway through um, for Dylan Gabriel, who is transferring to UCLA, I believe. And so um, it'll be interesting now that's kind of Keene's job to see how he progresses forward. Uh, much like UCF's, UCF in the past, um, Gus Malzahn, who's now in his first year as the head coach, spread the ball around a lot of different guys getting touches. Um, rushing, receiving, all that stuff. And so Richardson leads the team in rushing with 600 yards, which obviously not a lot, but in the spread um, spread system that Gus Malzahn always incorporates, a lot of guys are getting touches, um, rushes, rece- quick receptions, and stuff like that. Florida, our second SEC team, uh, enters with a 6-6 six and six record, and they needed a win against Florida State in the last game of the year to become bowl eligible. And so we'll see uh, how Florida limps into this game. Their leading passer and rusher, Emory Jones, um, is actually entering the transfer portal. Uh, He entered with 2,500 yards passing and 700 yards uh, rushing. Um, Again, this coach matchup is intriguing because obviously Gus Malzahn Back in the SEC, uh, first year, and back against SEC competition, excuse me, taking over a, a pretty successful UCF program in the last five, six, seven years under Scott Frost. And then um, Coach Heupel, who is now at Tennessee. Dan Mullen, kind of the quarterback whisperer 
Mississippi State at Florida as the OC before that. Uh, he is out, and they hired maybe the the next big name coach on the old coaching uh, carousel and and Billy Napier from Louisiana, who has ties to the SEC, being an assistant at Alabama. And so it'll be interesting to see how Florida, who had a, has a win under the interim coach, can kind of bridge the gap between Mullen being fired, the interim coach, and then Billy, Billy Napier, who's, who's such a culture builder uh, before he steps in. So again, this one should be an interesting matchup because there's probably going to be a lot of bragging rights um, Florida doesn't want to lose to UCF, and I'm sure UCF would really like to stick it to Florida for the second SEC win in, in their last five years or so with a win over Auburn and the Peach Bowl a few years ago. Uh, one last quick note. Um, I guess I suppose I, I need to take a step back and make my pick. Um, I feel like Florida is going to take this one. Um, obviously, Emory Jones not being the quarterback will hurt. They are binged up. They, uh, binged up. They're six and six, so they're not having a great year. But I think a lot of pride needs to step up for Florida um, and have the SEC finally get in the old win column after having an zero and one season so far. Zero and one record. Now something came out yesterday, the twenty second. Uh, that is. Sadly, a just a sign of the times. Uh, Texas A&M had to bail out of the Tax Slater Gator Bowl against Wake Forest, and so that was a top twenty-five matchup. Texas A&M being number twenty-five, Wake Forest being seventeen. Um, A&M coming off a season where they beat Alabama, and Wake Forest having their best year in a long time, but. They had a bailout because of COVID. And so Rutgers stepped up and is going to be in the in the Gator Bowl. But the Gator Bowl is usually a pretty prestigious bowl. And it's kind of one of the old grandfather games where it's been around for a long time. But AM is going to be replaced by the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. And so Rutgers making a bowl game, however you want to do it, however you want to chalk it up for the first time in a while. So awesome for Rutgers. Awesome that they were able to come out and find a replacement as fast as they did because obviously Wake Forest is having a great year and deserves one last game for those seniors and for those uh, players who are moving on. But uh, Rutgers, Wake Forest is now slated for next Friday, the 31st um, uh, on ESPN there, or on CB, nope, on ESPN. And so that may throw a wrinkle in Wake Forest's little um, game plan, if you would, because Rutgers and Texas A&M are not the same team. They run a lot of different schemes, but obviously they still have eight days to prepare, so it's much more season-like, if you would. But as we enter on, uh, just one game tomorrow on Christmas Eve. That's the Hawaii Bowl. Uh, pretty famous for being on Christmas Eve, I'm pretty sure. One game on Christmas Day, the Tax Act Camellia Bowl, and then uh, we hit hit the ground running once the, the calendar turns next next Monday, next week. We have two games, six games, four games, six games, four, 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 all the way through. So we're entering that time where there's going to be a lot of football on. The NFL, it's Thursday night, has Thursday night football, Saturday and Sunday. 
And so it's a beautiful time if you're a football fan, you're finding us on Twitter. If you are following us on Instagram, if you're listening to this on Spotify, Stitcher, podcast.com, wherever you're finding us, you are a football fan. And we appreciate all your support. Uh, have a great holiday season. The best part about this time of year is the last win of the season comes and we all get to sing second. <laughs>